Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Pastor Malik. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, the pastor in the residence here at Greenhouse Church, South Florida. Anybody else excited for church this morning? Anybody? Oh, I love it. Everybody excited this morning. All right, everybody, do me a favor. Hop to your feet. Let's get right into the word. We're right back in our movement series. Join us. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. If you have it with me, turn your Bible, your phone, your iPad, whatever you got. Acts chapter 8. We'll be looking at verses 26 to 29. That is Acts chapter 8. Verses 26 to 29. When you got it, say, I got it. Oh, I love it. All right, I'll read it in your hearing. And it says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went there. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. And the spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Let me pray. We'll hop into the word of God this morning. Jesus, we come here first and foremost submitted to your will. God, we say whatever it is that you want to say, whatever it is that you want to do, however it is that you want to move in this moment, in the miraculous name of Jesus, God, have your way. God, visit with us. God, decrease me and increase your word. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and our minds as a collective unit because we want to hear from you today, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You can have your sheet. You can wave at somebody next to you. Good morning again. Good morning. All right, so our framework for today's talk, today's message, today's sermon is fairly simple. I have a simple question for all of us today, and the question is, are you available? Do me a favor. You are? Okay. Do me a favor. Turn to somebody next to you and say, are you available? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Right, so listen, we're hopping back into our movement series. We took a bit of a pit stop last week, but we're in the movement series. It is a series and a survey through the book of Acts, and we find ourselves in the book of Acts chapter 8 this morning. Right, and so everybody ready for that? Everybody cool? Everybody ready? All right, lean in with me. Let's do this this morning. Right, and so here we have a text, and the text says that the word of the Lord from the angel of the Lord comes to a man by the name of Philip. Right, so there are two Philips in the Bible. There is Philip the apostle, the disciple of Jesus, and then there is the Philip here who is Philip the evangelist. He is a fairly new recruit, right? He is appointed a couple chapters ago with Stephen, who John told us about a couple weeks ago. They are deacons, they are serving in the church, but Philip is not what we would consider to be the longest tenured person in the body at this point in time. But the word of the Lord comes to Philip and he tells him to go down and he meets someone who the Bible calls an Ethiopian eunuch, right? And so when I was reading this, I was like, oh, he's from Ethiopia. Not really. So interesting thing about the Greek language. The word for a black person in Greek is just Ethiopian. They categorized everyone who was from sub-Saharan Africa, everyone from who was south of Egypt as Ethiopian. So Philip comes and he runs across what is easily more translated a black man and he runs across this fairly wealthy black man and the Bible and the Bible says that God tells Philip to go and run up to his chariot now I don't know about anybody else but this is a if you picture a chariot in your head 
however you can picture that chariot, make it look nicer than the chariot you currently have in your head. The Bible says Philip has to go up and hop into this man's chariot. This dude is a eunuch, but he is in charge of the entire treasury of Queen Candace, which means he is a treasurer for an entire kingdom. The Bible says that he has servants, right? And so he is a very wealthy man. And Philip has to go and he has to talk to this wealthy black man in a cultured, in a, in a covered, in a covered chariot. Now, here's the thing. He's Ethiopian, but he's also a eunuch. A eunuch, it's weird, right? It's kind of weird. It's somebody who's castrated for a purpose. Kind of weird. Kind of a weird term. We're not going to sit there. He's a eunuch, right? And he, he is a eunuch of Queen Candace. But eunuchs in ancient Jewish society, they weren't really like the most respected people. Why? Because they had been castrated. They were seen as half of a human being, half of a man. So Philip is sent to this minority black man who was leaving Jerusalem, who was also a eunuch. We'll call him a double outcast who just happens to have some money. Right? So Philip is sent to this double outcast who just happens to have some money. And it's interesting because it's not like Philip woke up and he was on his way out and he was like, ooh, a eunuch. He was minding his own business. And the angel of the Lord sends him to someone who by all accounts should not have been spoken to. He is a eunuch, he's Ethiopian, and he is also a Gentile. He is the type of person that at this point in time you are not looking to talk to. But there's this eunuch, and if we keep reading, the Bible says that the eunuch is doing something. Verses 34 and 35 of, of Acts chapter 8 says, The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. Philip walks up on this Ethiopian eunuch who is reading a scroll of the book of Isaiah in his chariot, just leaving Jerusalem. And Philip walks up to him and he goes, hey, um, do you know what you're reading? The eunuch goes, I don't got a clue. How am I supposed to know what I'm reading unless someone explains it to me? First, let's take a moment and let's acknowledge the fact that questions regarding faith are not wrong. That you do not have real faith if you haven't questioned it yet. But instead, faith has to rest on the backbone of questions that have answers and some that don't. And so the eunuch acknowledges his questioning. And not only does he acknowledge his questioning, he's humble. He does something that many of us aren't okay doing these days. He admits that he doesn't know something. And he admits it to a complete stranger, someone who has no emotional capital, someone who hasn't poured into him at all. He's like, I have no idea. And the eunuch is humble enough to let Philip hop in his chariot and discourse with him about what he's reading. This is pivotal because as we talk about a movement, something that will need to happen to all of us, myself included, is that we need to be humble enough to acknowledge that even in this individualistic age, that we need help, right? And so the God, the God has given us the body of Christ, the church who we are surrounded by today as an admission of the fact that we need help, right? And so we are talking about a movement. And so I want to have two major stopping points here. And it's very simple. There are two responses to a move of God. Simple. Do you want to be like, no, there are more. No, there, if you simplify it, there are two responses to a move of God. Response number one is resistance. Everybody hold out both your hands and do like this. That is resistance. 
When God is moving in a place, in an area, in a group of people, there is either resistance or there is availability. Those are the two options. Everybody open out your hand. So we just did resistance and availability. Resistance and availability. Those are the only two options when a move of God is happening. There is no neutrality when God is moving. You're either moving with him or you're backing away from him. So today we're going to talk about how is it do we participate in what God is doing in the world and in our lives. I submit to you that the option we should all take is availability. Right, and so we're going to do a bit of a case study. We'll talk about what resistance looked like. Everybody, if you have your Bibles with me, turn to the book of Jonah chapter 1. The book of Jonah chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 3. Next week, my pastor and a friend, Pastor Robert, is going to talk to you guys about Saul of Tarshish and his resistance to the move of God. But this week, I'm going to take it back to the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about Jonah. Everybody ready? I'll read with you on the screen. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because their evil has come up before me. Jonah got up, off to a good start. To flee to Tarshish, not off to a good start anymore. From the Lord's presence, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. You see, resistance isn't often, and it's not always in our lives seen as us openly opposing God. It's not you listening to the voice of God and going, oh, I don't like God at all. I just, I'm just not a fan of God. No, resistance is simply doing anything outside of what he told you to do. So in all of our lives, we run into these moments of resistance like Jonah. Jonah is a prophet before this book is even written. There is a whole book named after this man, Jonah. But the word of the Lord comes to tell him to go up to Nineveh. And he not only goes down, he goes down to Tarshish. He goes down in the boat and he ends up down in the belly of a fish. Because the opposite of, of availability is resistance. But if you are resisting God, you are only going down. There is no way up when we resist God. And I say that to myself, Malik, there is no way up when you resist God. But for all of us, if we open ourselves up to the move of God and we are available, the only way we can go is up, up, up. Church of the living God. So let's look at Acts chapter 8. Philip finds himself in a very, very similar situation. The word in Acts chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Go up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem. You see, this is a thing that Philip did. When the Lord comes and the word of the Lord comes to Philip, the Bible says Philip gets up and he goes. The beautiful thing about availability is that it gets you so in sync with God that when he says get up, your only response is to go. So there is resistance and there is availability. You see, because the truth of the matter is no one stands still in the face of what God is doing. We might think we have taken a neutral position 
we might think that God is moving and that's great and you can be a spectator, but you are either contributing to the move of God or you are hindering its progress. Because you're supposed to see that the truth of the matter is and the fact of the matter is that God is always moving. God is always speaking. God is always doing something. He's always moving forward. The issue isn't with God's momentum or his trajectory. The issue is often with us being willing to join that. Now, I will tell you from my own experience, someone who has often been resistant to God, that it doesn't stop him. That he is so powerful, that he is so big, that God is so strong, that nothing can get in his way. But you will get in your own way half the time by stopping and moving what God is doing. So I've talked about resistance and availability, but those are words I just threw on the sermon. Let's explain them for a second. Resistance looks like this. Resistance looks like me, my plans, my fears, my worries, my prejudices, my job, my, my state in life. Anything at all above the move of God. Anytime that when God is moving, we have to take a moment and, and like, well, God, I, I did have work that Friday. God, I, I do have a plan for, I have a five-year plan, God, and this, this just isn't in my five-year plan. God, I have, I have a plan. I have some goals. I, I really want to stunt on some people. I, I want to secure the bag first. Anytime God approaches us and there is anything that is put above the move of God in our lives, we are resisting. And so what does availability look like? I'm glad you asked. Availability just looks like flipping it on its head. Being willing to say, God, I have a five-year plan, but what are you doing today? God, I have dreams and I have goals, but what is your purpose for my life? It's putting the move of God above everything else that comes and goes in life. You see, availability is the key to participating in the move of God. Because like I said, the move of God is going to happen. God will continue to save and God will continue to move and God will continue to do what God does with or without us. But we have a simple choice. We can choose to be available to God. Does that make sense to everybody? Right? And so here's the idol we have to tackle today. The idol for most of us that comes before the move of God is the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror, the individual in the mirror. They are the person who whenever God wants to do something, it's us. And we go, oh God, I'm kind of busy. God, I just, I just don't have the time to do that today. It's us. But a couple weeks ago, Pastor John made a, step, a statement and I will echo his sentiment. Pastor John said, you will never be who God has called you to be when you're the number one priority. I will say that again for everybody who's not listening. You will never be who God has called you to be when you're the number one priority in your life. If you want to live a life that has changed the world, you have to put the attention back on Jesus. I'm not going to tell you who to make number two, but if he is number one, you will be able to enter into the purpose and the deliberation and everything that God has for you. I promise you this. Like I said last week, it won't always be easy. Philip is an apostle. In a couple weeks, they are getting ready to be tortured. They are getting ready to run into, run into, the, run into Saul. And we, when we run into Saul, he is not the nicest of human beings. But Philip and Stephen, like a couple weeks ago, would have traded nothing in their lives for the move of God. Because that is what brought them 
fulfillment. So secondly, let's talk a little bit about what availability looks like. Everybody grab your Bibles. We're in the Word today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And these are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You see, the things at the bottom of availability, the things below the move of God, they are not forfeited. But Jesus says, if you put him on top, he will make sure to add everything that you need to what you have in life. Solomon wrote, and Solomon said, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Solomon didn't say, I've never seen humans forsaken. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. The righteous are those who have casted off themselves and put on the armor of Jesus Christ. God will never forsake those who have forsaken everything to follow him. The Bible says he refuses to be a debtor to anybody. God won't owe you nothing if you lay everything down at the feet of the cross and follow him. My friends, I have one objective for us all today. Strive to be available. Strive in all of life's moments to pause before you move and see what God is doing. And this isn't a decision you make today. And you will never have to make this decision another day in your life. Instead, every day I have to wake up and tell myself, Malik, today, you have to be available to God today. Sometimes I got to do it hour by hour. Sometimes something happens and you flip the script in your head and you get back on the throne of your life. And I have to pause in this moment and say, Jesus, help me. Help me to put your own desires above my own. And this is something that we have to continue to do. You see, the truth of the matter is no one is perfect at availability. There is none of us who hasn't been told to do something by God and had something that was in the way. Moses was told to help work with God in the freedom of the people of Israel. And he said, Lord, I stutter. I am not eloquent with speech. Jeremiah was told to prophesy. And Jeremiah says, Lord, I'm but only a child. Everybody, no matter who you are, has something in the way. I'm not telling you to ignore it. I'm telling you to carry it with you as you walk with God. You, we, there are some things we just can't let go. There are some hurts and some pains and some burdens that you still have to walk forward with. Even if you have to crawl, move forward with Jesus. Even if you have a limp, move forward with Jesus. This isn't a shame thing. Instead, it is an invitation to change the world. What would you give to see the world on fire for Jesus? Some of us would give the shirt off our back. Some of us would give all the money in the world. God is saying, you can keep all that. Just give me more of you. You see, if we all take a step forward and move into the will of God, the world will be flipped upside down. And the movement that we are talking about will begin in our lives. And it will extend it to our families and to our generations and our children's children. But it will start with us. My friends, today I ask you, strive to be available. You see, God is moving. God is calling. God is changing lives. But ask yourself, am I movable? If the way my life is currently set up, if God was to ask me to do something different, isn't even possible. Have I boxed myself into my own plans for so long that God is kind of sort of stuck in the box with me? Do we have the will of God in our lives in a box? Are there some things that he would love to do, but he just can't do? because he has no room to function in our lives. 
If so, just let Jesus out the box for one week. Let him out the box. See what he does. See what happens if you let God have a wiggle room in your life. I guarantee you he will do things that you didn't even think were possible. He will open doors you didn't even think would be able to be opened. You see, God is moving. When I was growing up in church, they would say something, and it was a little convicting, but I understood what they were saying. They said, son, if he isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. If he isn't on the throne of every minute area of your life, he isn't on the throne at all. We don't do a God that does give the backseas. We don't do a God that does half-hearted living. Instead, he's asking, hey, I'm asking a hard thing. But Jesus has come to make even the most difficult things he asks of us easy to do. Now, there are some clear objections to what I'm saying. There are some of you whose life, I don't know, from Adam. I just don't know you. I don't know what you have going on. I don't know what, what is stressing you out. I don't know anything that is bothering you today. And honestly, I will never pretend to act as if I know you why you aren't as available as you want to be. That would be very presumptuous of me. Instead, I refuse to do that. Instead, all I ask you is to let Jesus have a little bit more than he had yesterday. I'm not asking you to put the cart before the horse. This isn't about self-promotion. This isn't about promoting yourself. This isn't about looking good or feeling good. It's about living a life that is surrendered to Jesus. That's the, that's, that's the base of what it is. So if you're like, if you're like Pastor Malik, I, there's a lot going on right now. I understand that. And it's probably true. There probably is a lot going on. You have a job. You might have children. You might be in school. You might be juggling all the pressures of life at the same time. I don't act as if I know where you are, but I know where you can be. And I know that if you let Jesus move in your life, there will be things that he can do not nobody else can stop. And so these are very abstract concepts, resistance and availability. But how do I apply this to my life? Let's talk about it. First step to applying these principles in your life is take a moment to think. Think about what it is that God has put on your heart. What were some passions that you had maybe a year ago, two years ago, a, a while ago that you still feel God tugging on you every couple months? Every couple months, this dream that you deferred, that God gave you, it pops back up in your spirit. And you're like, oh God, just give me a little bit more time. I got some stuff I want to work at. I got some stuff I need to do. If there's something that God has given you, take a moment and think, not just today, not just tomorrow, and quarterly, monthly, weekly, whatever floats your boat. But think and ask Jesus, what is it that you're asking me to do today? Do I want to wake up today and live the same life I lived yesterday? Do I want no interruptions for what God is doing? So take a moment and think. What is God doing? Step two is very simple. Every day, make a commitment. Commit to putting aside your own desires and plans for the will of God. Commit to it. Every moment. It's the same way. They say, if you don't make a commitment to go into the gym, you will not work out. And I will tell you, as someone who has never made a gym commitment, that I do not work out. So let me tell you this. You have to make this commitment to Jesus. Be more strict with your commitment than I am to Planet Fitness. They might still try, be charging my account, but God knows. But be more strict to God than you are to Planet Fitness. Then you fit orange theory wherever you go. Every day say, Jesus, I commit to you. See, thinking in a commitment is not an absolution of any mistakes you'll make. 
They're saying, if I make mistakes, I'm going to run back to Jesus. They're saying, if I fall, I'm going to come back. The Bible says, the just man falls seven times, but he rises back up. All you have to do when you fall, if, if, if you make a commitment today, you don't honor it, that's cool. Try again. Come back to Jesus. Don't let a couple days away make you feel like you can't go back. Walk back into his loving arms. Commit to Jesus. And the third step is simple. Prepare to act. We can't ask God for availability. And when he does it, we're like, ooh, I don't want to do that no more. I'm fine. I know I asked you, God, to open a door for me to witness to my coworker. And now it's here, but... I'm going to just talk about football. I'm not really in the mood today to, to, to talk about what God's doing. And I say that as a personal testimony. There are times I'm like, Jesus, today I just want an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. And then somebody's in the, in the grocery store and the opportunity arises and I go, I just want to go home. And I just take my groceries and I walk out the store because you see, I am the, by no means a perfect person. I too, I'm not always prepared to act. But instead, what if every day we wake up and we're God today, just help me. Help me, Jesus, to not squander the opportunities for miraculous that you've given me. Why, if God is asking you to prepare to actually see, like, we discussed earlier that, like, this Ethiopian eunuch is reading the Bible. And you see, he doesn't know what is in there, but the truth of the matter is the Bible and how you read it does matter. It is not open to interpretation any more than anything we write is open to interpretation. God has a heart. He has a desire and he has a will in the scriptures. So I will do a shameless plug to my own summer discipleship class right now. Listen, I'm teaching a class on the Bible, actually, in a couple weeks. Oh, y'all are excited. I'm not. I'm, but, but we are hopping into the Bible. If you're like, you know, Pastor Malik, I always wanted to read the word. Let me help you out with it. I'm a Bible nerd. It's kind of sort of what gets me excited, right? That and the Miami Heat, but they haven't done much for me lately. So let's talk about the Bible. So we're going to hop into the scriptures and we're going to see what God has to say. And we're going to have fun with it. So that is my shameless plug. But as we close today, if God has been moving on your heart to act in a way where you just make a commitment to Jesus, if you've been wrestling with baptism for any amount of time now, take a step of faith today. I have regrets in life. Well, not many, but the regrets I do have are the ones where I didn't put Jesus first. I look back over some of my days and weeks and months where I was my biggest priority. And those are the things that still haunt me to this day. The moments where Jesus could have stepped in, in my life or someone else's, but I was too concerned with all of my stuff to do, to do this. And see, the truth of the matter is, my friends, Jesus made himself available to us. Right? So we are modeling our Savior. He is the prime model of availability. Paul writes in Philippians and Paul says speaking about Jesus who was, who was existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be exploited instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity and when he had come as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even on a cross Jesus humbled himself and made himself available by all means the person who had no who had all right to refuse to humble himself the bible says that the king of glory the one who framed the earth from creation stepped off his celestial throne decided to come and be born of a woman to make himself available to little old us and if we want to be most like jesus jesus has been the most available throughout time 
the one who should have run away from us, when he should have turned his back on us, when Adam and Eve find themselves in a garden and they are hiding from God. The word of the Lord says that God comes and he's searching for them. He has always been available to you. And if you're in a season where he feels hard to come to, if you're in a season where he feels hard to grasp, I promise you today that Jesus Christ is available to you. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like you can approach him in our religious context. Jesus is available to you. And he's asking and he's begging and he's pleading. He says, I have plans for your life that are bigger and better than anything you wrote down in any journal. Bigger and better than anything on any vision board. Bigger and better than anything that you are manifesting. He says, are you willing to give me the reins of your life? You see, my friend, if we just take a step forward and move as God is moving, everything in South Florida will begin to shift. Not because of us. The Bible says not by our might nor by our power, but by his spirit. Will you let God move? Malik, will you let God move in your life in a way that you sit down two years from now and you're like, God, what did you do? We're looking at the mover. We're looking at the book of Acts and we read this book and we're like, what are they doing the Bible says the church is being added to by the thousands daily by a bunch of men who the book records are unlearned men. They did something and they did something every day. A simple thing. They devoted themselves to being available to God. When you walk into Starbucks tomorrow morning and the barista looks like she's having a bad day, take a moment and say, hey, are you good? Can I, can I just pray for you for 30 seconds? And see if the little things like that that turned the world upside down. I'm not asking anybody to go walk on water because I can't do it because I can't swim. So I'm not asking anybody in here to go walk on water. But what I am asking you to do is take the smallest step towards what God is doing in your life. My friend, I, I love what God can do in you. And I see what God can do in you, but this isn't a moment for shame. For people like, oh, I blew it. The, the preacher yelling at me, I blew it. I haven't been as available as I want to. We all, we all messed it up. There isn't a single person in this building under the sound of my voice who is a perfect person. They might be better at lying about it than some of us are, but there isn't a single perfect person here. Instead, we have all found ourselves on the seat of our own hearts. We have all found our own wills in the way of Jesus but my friend don't let the enemy talk you out of this today don't let your flesh and the enemy of our souls tell you you could wait one more week like I said I haven't always embodied in availability often I am the poster boy for resistance like I went I was I felt a call to ministry at 16 I was like people like Malik you're gonna be a pastor I was like no I don't want to do that I'm gonna go work in IT I don't want to be a pastor that's a lot of stress that's a lot of work I don't want to do that and then I felt a call from God to go to Bible college. I am sitting in a Bible college classroom and I'm like, I don't even want to be a pastor. I don't know why I'm in this school. I don't really want to be here. Because you see, the entire way I'm fighting God about what he wants to do in my life. And I, like, nobody gets it sit right every day. But there's an old song that says, the service of Jesus, true pleasure affords. It says in him there is joy without, without recompense, without unalloy. He doesn't take back the joy that he gives you. So today, I invite you to put Jesus on the throne of your heart. If he was off for a millisecond, it's okay, just put him back. If he's never been on the throne of your heart, it's okay, put it back. I invite you to press in with Jesus. 
think about what he's doing in your world, in your world, in your family, in your job. Commit to partnering with him and be prepared to act. When he presents opportunities, act on it. If you've been, if you've been wrestling with giving your life to Jesus, act on it. If you've been wrestling about going down in water, act on it. Jesus wants to do more with you today than you could ever do with yourself. So today I want us to practice availability. If everybody could join with me on your feet for a second. Zach's gonna sing a song. And if you've never prayed before, I want the lyrics of this song to be the prayer of your heart. If you have prayed, let's all take a moment. Let the words of this song be the words of our prayer to God. Our prayer team, if you wanna come up now, you can. If you wanna find a place to worship, if you aren't comfortable in your seat and you wanna come kneel at this altar, that's fine. But let's all take a moment and yield ourselves to the work that God is doing. Zach. I'm going back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking I've made it. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. We're going back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you. we're going to sing that chorus one more time and I want you with everything that you have in you to sing this song as a prayer of your heart Zach I'm going back to heart of worship when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for thing I've made it. And it's all about you. 
It's all about you, Jesus. I'm going back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. If you're in this place today and you feel like there is a barrier in your own life, from stopping you from being available to God. If there is shame that is built up over years of service, bitterness, pain, I invite you to pray with us today. Let us all strive to be more available, but let us pray, Jesus, our Savior and our God, we can do nothing without you. So God, we make ourselves available to you. We put ourselves on the altar and we ask that you consume us. God, let our lives be so transformed by the goodness of God that people have no choice but to see the God who is in us. Let our good deeds so shine before the people on this earth that they glorify our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus. God, everyone in this room who is willing, God, we ask that you move on our hearts today. God, let us be contagious carriers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, let the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead arise in us. In the name of Jesus, God, let the blind eyes be opened. In the name of Jesus, let deaf ears hear. God, let broken hearts be mended. Jesus, we are pleading for a move of God. And we ask that you grant it to us, God, not because we have any deserving part, but because it is your will to move on the earth. So in the name of Jesus, God, we open our hearts to you. If we've been resisting, we lay down every crown, every idol at your feet. And we ask that you move, mighty God, move. God, over everybody's home today, move. God, over broken situations today, move. God, if somebody has sickness in their body today, in the name of Jesus, God, from the crown of their heads to the very sole of their feet, Holy Spirit, move. God, we trust you. We know that you are still the God who does exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So we press into you today, mighty God asking that you do what no other God can do because today, yesterday, and, to, and forever you are the same. You still specialize in the things that are called impossible. So God, we trust you to move. We yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. And we say, God, have your way in us in the name of Jesus as we leave this place today. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. And Jude says, Now unto him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless on that day in his presence with glory, without blemish and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, both now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Church, go with God. Set the world on fire with the glory of Jesus and let all who meet you leave knowing that there's a God in heaven who sees, who knows, and who is still in control. In the name of Jesus we pray. God bless you church, you are dismissed. The altars are open, we'll pray with you guys for as long as you want. God bless you church.